0: Turn to 1 Corinthians, please, the 15th chapter, and 2 Corinthians, the 2nd chapter. 1 Corinthians fifteen fifty-seven says, But thanks be to God, which gives us the victory through our Lord Jesus Christ. Read it out loud with me. But thanks be to God, which gives us the victory through our Lord Jesus Christ, thanks be unto God. Notice this is present tense and future tense. A lot of people know how to thank God for things that have happened. But faith people know how to thank God for things you haven't seen yet. Things that haven't come to pass yet in this realm. Thanks be to God which giveth, gives and will give. The victory. The title of the series is Thanksgiving Victory. Can you get victory through Thanksgiving? Can you thank your way by faith right out of depression and doldrums and and lack and disease? And thank your way right out of ignorance and confusion into revelation? It's a choice. It's a decision. And while you're thanking God, he's giving you the victory. Second yes. Corinthians, the second chapter. Second Corinthians 2 and 14 says, Now thanks be unto God, which always causes us to triumph in Christ and makes manifest the savor of his knowledge by us in every place. Read that first part out loud with me again. Now thanks be unto God, which always causes us to triumph in Christ. Always. Causes. I mean, that's future tense, isn't it? That's not just looking back. He always, as today and tomorrow and every day, always causes us to triumph. Can you thank God for triumphing over the situation and you do not yet see how yes. that could happen? Yes. Can you thank God for victory while you still feel and look like you're at the bottom? Yes. At the bottom of the barrel. Maybe the barrel's on top of you. you under the barrel. <laughs> Can you thank God for putting you on top? Why you still feel bad, and you got all these symptoms, and you got all this trouble? It wouldn't it be faith to say, "Thank you, Lord, for bringing me out." Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. These are two powerful verses, but there are numerous places. Let me read these to you. They can put it up on the screen for us. Ephesians 5:20. Ephesians 5:20 says, "Giving thanks always." For all things to God and the Father in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ. 1 Thessalonians 5.18 says, in everything. Do what? In everything. in everything. Give thanks. For this is the will of God in Christ Jesus concerning you. Colossians 2.7 says we are to abound with thanksgiving." Colossians 3.17, whatever you do in word or deed, do all in the name of the Lord Jesus, giving thanks, giving thanks to God and the Father by Him. Hebrews 13.15, Bible said in the mouth of two or three witnesses, what are we up to here now, four or five? In the mouth of two or three witnesses, he said, Hebrews 13:15, "By him, therefore, let us offer the sacrifice of praise to God continually. That is the fruit of our lips, giving thanks to His name. When are we supposed to do this? Continually. Where are we supposed to do this? In everything, all the time, continually. Now we'll get into the sum tonight what that does for us. And what happens if you don't do it? If you don't give thanks, what will you be doing? There's a vacuum spiritually when you don't do what the Lord told you to do. If you don't believe and walk in faith, what are you going to do? Something's going to fill that vacuum. It's going to be unbelief and fear. What about if you don't choose And make the effort to walk in love. Something's going to fill that place. What is it? Well it won't be good. And when you're not thankful. Something's going to fill that void. It will of course be unthankfulness. Because there is no place. Between thankful and unthankful. If you're not thankful. There is no middle, neutral place between thankful and unthankful where you're neither thankful nor unthankful. You're just neutral. No, if you're not thankful, you have to be unthankful. You're failing to be thankful. You're unthankful. Go with me over to uh, Matthew, the 16th chapter. Let's look at this again. What happens when you're unthankful? We're going to touch on that tonight. In this passage, Jesus had asked them who people were saying he was. Peter said, some say you're the Christ, the Son of the living God. He said flesh and blood didn't reveal that to you, the Father did. And then verse 21, Jesus began to show them how he must go to Jerusalem, this is Matthew sixteen twenty one. Suffer many things of the elders and chief priests and scribes and be killed and be raised the third day. Peter took him and began to rebuke him and said, Be it far from you, Lord. This shall not be to you. The margin of my Bible says that Peter said, Pity thyself. Pity yourself. But he turned and said to Peter, Get behind me, Satan. You're an offense to me, for you savorest not the things that be of God, but those that be of men. This is a very strong response from the master. Why so strong? Why is this such a big deal that he wheeled around and said, get behind me, Satan? Other translations bring out the NET says, get behind me, Satan, you're a stumbling block to me. The English version, Satan, you're an obstacle in my way. God's word translation says, get out of my way, Satan. You're tempting me to sin. What was pulling on Jesus? Why did he resist so adamantly and so abruptly? Because the enemy was trying through somebody close to him under the guise of them caring for him. And looking out for him. Trying to get him to feel sorry for himself about what was coming up. Trying to get him to think about what he did and did not deserve. If there was ever anybody that didn't deserve it, it was him. He did not deserve to be mocked. And slapped. And spit on. And scourged. And crucified. He never sinned. He never disobeyed God. He never rebelled. Ever. He didn't deserve it. But he wasn't doing it for himself. But he couldn't let himself think about that. For a minute. Could he? Was it dangerous? See, this we studied about this already. This is what Jezebel did with Ahab. Under the guise of caring about him. Oh, baby, you can have this. Don't you worry yourself. She was feeding his self-pity. What he deserved and what he didn't deserve. Somebody say dangerous, dangerous, dangerous. You and I must learn to recognize this in our own life. When these thoughts come and these feelings come of what we deserve and what we don't deserve and what somebody owes us, what we should have, what we're entitled to, friend, we need to wheel around just like Jesus and say, Get behind me! Get behind me, Satan! I refuse to let myself think on that. <laughs> now, this is foreign. To many millions of Christians to even talk like this. People use the word deserve all the time and don't even notice it. Well, they deserve this. Well, they didn't deserve that. What did I ever do to deserve this? Dangerous. Somebody say dangerous. Dangerous Dangerous thoughts. Dangerous thinking. And what that amounts to is being unthankful, thinking that something's owed to you. Jesus said, get behind me. Have you ever said that? When thoughts came to you? When feelings came to you? Get behind me. It doesn't have to even be anybody in the room. You can catch yourself having sat there and felt sorry for yourself. Well, I didn't deserve to be treated like that. After all I did for them. And then they talk to me like that. Friend, you do that, and nine demons will come in. And just circle your chair. And feed you thoughts and feelings, and you'll get to feeling supernaturally bad. You'll get to feeling low, low, low. You'll get to feeling worse than forty miles of muddy road. Lower than a snake's belly in a wagon rut. Supernaturally low and bad. And you'll cry and you'll feel bad and then you get mad. I should have told them. I should have stopped them right there and said said what anger and hurt go together on this stuff you're hurt and you're mad sad and depressed and angry defiant why I didn't deserve this or it should have been mine I'm the one put all that work in it I'm the one and they gave it to them one thing's for sure You're not thankful for them. Is that okay? That you're not thankful that they got it. Being thankful includes being thankful for your brother. Love is thankful when the other person gets it. And this is a strong indicator... Of spirituality and maturity that you're really beginning to grow up. (laughs) Can you see we're getting into something else here tonight, aren't we? Into another area. We're going to 1 Corinthians 12, but on the way, stop by Romans 12. Romans 12, and then we just go right on through to 1 Corinthians 12. Romans 12. And 15. Romans twelve fifteen says what? Oh, back up to 13. Distributing to the necessity of the saints. Given the hospitality. Bless them that persecute you. If people say, well, I cuss you. You go, well, bless you. <laughs> well, you're a sorry rascal, blankety, blank, blank. Well, I'm praying for you. Bless you, bless you. (laughs) We're not cursers and we're not cussers. We're blessers and prayers. Bless and curse not. Say it out loud. "All All blessing, no cursing. Fifteen says, do what? Rejoice Rejoice with them that do rejoice and weep with them that weep. Should we take this seriously? If somebody gets promoted and they're happy about it, should we rejoice? What if it's with the promotion we had our eyes set on? Of course, that changes everything, right? I mean, then you just ignore that verse then. What if they just got the new car that you had on your vision list for the last three years? And they only started going to the church six months ago. (laughs) Can you still be thankful? What if you're not thankful? What if you look at it and they show it to you and they're all excited and they're rejoicing and you go... Oh, yeah, praise God. Oh, that's nice, yeah. But it's chewing on you. It's bugging you because it's what you want. Is that being thankful? Then there's a void. What comes in and fills the void when you're not thankful? Envy. Envy. You can protect yourself from being envious by being thankful. You can envy-proof yourself by being genuinely, heartfelt, continuously thankful when other people are blessed, are increased, are received. And you will have tests in this area. It's a necessary part of all our development. It is. I said, "Don't speak that over me." It's true. <laughs> it's it was true before I said it. You will have challenges. In life, here and there, there'll be situations where you'll be tempted to be envious. Many have already been terribly envious many times and just yielded to it. And oh man, has it cost people. Oh, they know it's cost them some things, but what's worse is they don't know some of the stuff it's cost them that they're not even aware of. They should already be having by now. Just things that didn't happen. Good things that should have already happened. Because faith works by love. And anything and every good thing that's going to happen in your life is going to be by grace through faith which works by love. And love cares about the other person. Genuinely. Genuinely. And can genuinely rejoice when it's going good for them. Even if it's the very thing, the same color. (laughs) I've had on my vision list for five years. And they said, glory to God, I just decided I'd bleep for this last week. And whoa, look at here, here it is. (laughs) I'm telling you, the Lord will allow some things in these areas. It's necessary for our development. You have to exercise love and genuine thanksgiving to develop in certain ways in certain areas. And I'm not talking about putting on some false stuff. I'm talking about genuinely, really being thankful for them. God is love. The New Testament commandment is love. How many know love is much more important than a car or a house or jewelry or any natural material or promotion or love, love? How many are convinced love is far more important to God than any of these things? If he sees that that car is more important to us than loving them... We're failing a test. We don't qualify. We're acting carnal. Like unsaved people. And we need to grow up. So we need to wait a while. And learn some lessons. And since faith works by love. And our love ain't so hot. Well our faith ain't working so good neither. And that's why something that could have happened in a month. Takes five years because it's taken you a while to get over being envious and that last statement was not Keith came right out of my spirit I never said it like that before thank you you, master you You can envy proof yourself I got four smiles come on come on (laughs) You, you can envy proof you know what that means It means you won't slip into it. You won't yield to it. You won't give place to it because you'll remember about being envy-proof and you'll be tempted and the feelings will come but you'll grab yourself and you'll say, Get behind me, Satan. Get behind me. I'm not like that. I'm genuinely glad for them. I'd rather they have it than I have it. I'll get mine. I'll get mine. I'm glad they got it. I'm glad they got it before I did. Somebody has to wait. Let it be me. Let them get theirs now. Don't you know that pleases the Father? What do you think about you and your kids? You got children? What if you see them doing that way with each other? They tell their little brother. They tell their little sister. No, no. You do it first. I'll wait. You make a little note. You're going to take care of them. Is that right? They're going to get theirs. You're going to watch out for them. Why are you that way? Because your father's that way. The spirit of your father's in you. You pick up things from him. Rejoice with them that rejoice. Glory to God. I guess nearly every time I say that, I think about... When Phyllis and I got that, what was that new Oldsmobile at uh, Torinata. two-tone, black and silver? That's back when Oldsmobile was an Oldsmobile, brother. I mean, you had some chrome, had a hood. Woo. It was nice, nice for it was used car, but probably the nicest car we'd had, had ever had. I came to this little place, and A guy was helping me, and he saw me pull up in it. And he came outside the parking lot. He said, "Is this yours?" I said, "Yeah, we just got it." He said, "Glory to God! Glory to God! Woo! Glory to God!" He ran around the car, ran around the car. He said, "Man, that's nice. That's nice." I said, "Yeah, man, I'm thankful." He said, "Woo! Glory to God!" And he ran around the car again. "Glory to God! Glory to God! Glory to God! Glory to God!" Man, he shouted way more than we did. I mean, he... (laughs) And yet, he wasn't just acting a fool and trying to do something to draw attention to himself. Yeah, I could tell he was genuinely happy about this. And we went and had the service and and came out and he came out and he looked at the... I think it had some chrome wheels on it. He said, glory to God, glory to God. (laughs) It had some kind of special radio. He said, glory to God. Oh man that's nice oh thank you lord glory to god glory to <laughs> and finally he said i'm happy for you brother key i'm so glory to god he said he said i'm also happy for me he said i'm in the same blessing line you in <laughs> he said you got started a few years ahead of me so you might be a few places up in the line he said but i'm in the same line and i'm i'm coming right my time's coming then he looked at the car and he said glory to God (laughs) glory to God (laughs) somebody needs to practice that glory to God glory to God glory to God that's wonderful that's great I know uh, brother uh, David Crank up in St. Louis he's gone home to be with the Lord now but the Lord had dealt with Phyllis and I that we needed to adjust our priorities. And so I sold my vehicles and we sold stuff and I rode with Phyllis. The Lord had given her a car and I rode with her for a year, or year and a half or whatever. And we tightened our belts and we quit eating out so much and, and we put our faith on paying stuff off and putting more into the kingdom. And I had a new car, and we sold it, and I had a new pickup, and we sold it. And got rid of the payments, and got rid of the insurance. And I knew when we were doing it, the Lord doesn't care if I have five of these. And later on I may, but I'm not quite there. Because our giving wasn't where it needed to be. And so we went, I don't know, we went a few years, and I've always liked fast cars. And we didn't, I didn't have a, Fast car, and not have any car. And man, I'd been a teenager since I didn't have my own car, and it was good for me. And Phyllis was working, and sometimes her hours were a little bit different from mine, and I just had to sit and wait and go, okay, well, when she'll be here, when she gets here. <laughs> Glory to God. <laughs> she didn't make me wait. She just had to do stuff, and we had one car, and, and uh, but it was good for me, you know. I didn't enjoy it, but, (laughs) and I sure appreciate her letting me ride with her, you know, I do. But after years, the Lord had helped us. We had turned this thing around and he had helped us supernaturally pay off debts and pay back taxes we had and just get ourselves in a decent shape. And we're given like never before. We're putting into the kingdom of God. We're giving. And then the Lord worked out a deal where I could buy a used Corvette. Had just a few miles on it, but a wonderful deal. Hurt your eyes, (laughs) yella. You could see you coming five miles down the road. (laughs) Stick shift and fast. And we got it. And we went. It was up in St. Louis where we got it. We were over in Tulsa. And uh, Brother Dave Crank knew I was coming. And he met me at the dealership. And then when we got it, him and his boys, they said, "Well, you got to come back to the house. Got to come back to the house, and and we'll celebrate." And I said, "Well, okay." And boy, well, we went back to the house. He sent the boys to buy some new wax and new stuff, and he cleared out his garage and he put some chairs up in there, and he made them pull the car up in there, and, and his wife and some other folks made sandwiches, and I got up to do something on the car. He said, "No, no, no, sit down." He said, "That's what I made them boys for." (Laughter) Sit down here and eat your sandwich. And so all I did, me and him sit there and ate sandwiches while the boys rubbed every inch of that thing and made it sparkle. And he'd just look, go, man, look at them wheels. Ain't them wheels pretty? Oh, look at that. Glory to God. I went, yeah, glory to God. That's what we did all afternoon. He made a party out of it. Well, it wasn't his car. I got a car. But you'd have thought he'd have got one. Made a big deal out of it. I'm still remembering. I'm talking to you about it right now. It ministered to me. It blessed me. I hadn't had a car like that for years. Now the Lord had allowed me to have another one. And do you think it pleases the Lord when we rejoice with those that rejoice? When we can be thankful for somebody else's blessing. Do you, do you think it pleases the Lord when we're not so selfish that we can't genuinely celebrate with them? We can forget about ourselves and have enough faith and confidence that we're going to get ours. No need for us to be envious and jealous. We're going to get ours. Why can't we rejoice with our brother today in his? Maybe he'll rejoice with us later when we get ours. And if we did that, somebody's receiving all the time. That means we have a continuous party. Somebody's receiving. Especially in a bigger bunch like this, we can just have a party every day. Cause somebody's receiving. Yeah, <laughs> Glory to God. <laughs> first Corinthians 12. Let's go over what being thankful is again. We've given you four different things that we keep talking about. Let me go over them again. What does it mean to be thankful? Well, first of all, you have to recognize or remember something that's valuable, something that God has done. And then secondly, you need to be grateful for it, right? And then thirdly, you need to express it. Somebody say express it. it. Say it again, express it. it. One more time, say express express it. What does that mean? Say it, tell it, show it, acknowledge it, and express it. We can put those together for three and four. Acknowledge it and express it. Sometimes we haven't done that well enough with other people. They're excited about something, and they told us about it, and we were so caught up in our stuff until we just... Blew it off and said, "Well, ain't that great? That's good. Yeah, yeah. All right, let me tell you about my problems. That's not love. And many times people have wound up raining on people's parade. Well, I had a problem. What well, did you have to tell them? Did you have to tell them then? Couldn't have celebrated that afternoon and told them in the morning." Did you need to tell them at all? They're not the Savior. They're not responsible to fix everything in your life. Amen. Too many people are too totally absorbed in their self, in their own life. What they need, what they think, what they want. And are not ready and willing to celebrate with somebody else's victory. You want a bunch of new friends? <laughs> Become good. <Amen. laughs> Become proficient at rejoicing when others rejoice. With no strings, no selfishness, just shout with them when good things happen for them. They will genuinely appreciate it. And they'll remember it. First Corinthians 12, are you there? It says here, First Corinthians 12, 26, Whether one member suffers, all the members suffer with it. Or one member be honored, all the members are to do what? Rejoice Rejoice with it. Now you are the body of Christ. And members in particular. And when somebody's honored, somebody's blessed, it's party time. It's glory to God time. Don't just look and think about it. Open your mouth. Ooh and ah. Ooh. Ah. Oh, that's nice. Look at that. Glory to God. Is that real leather? Ooh. That house got two floors. Glory to God. Four bathrooms. No more waiting in line. That's real grass out in that backyard. That's not that cheap stuff. Look at that. That's real wood. Somebody say, acknowledge, acknowledge. Express. express. A lot of people think they're too cool. They just sit back. They're going on and on and on and on about it. I know your refrigerator has the new ice machine and it has the, the oven has this and it has that. And your microwave is twice as fast as mine. I know, I know, I know. No, you don't know. You don't know how much your blessing depends on what you do right now. It has direct bearing on how quickly. Quickly. The things you're believing for come to pass, and even if they come to pass. You get sour enough, you get bitter enough, your faith won't work by love, because the love's not working. Even though people don't say it, they think it, and they feel it, and they yield to it. Well, I should have got that. They might not say it, but they feel that way. I should have had that. I've been working harder than they have. I've been at this longer than they have. Did you know it's possible that could be true? It's possible you could have worked harder than them. It's possible. You could have been at it longer and more faithful than them. And the Lord's expecting more of you. Because you are older. Because you do know more. And you've received blessing after blessing after blessing after blessing. And he's going to let you hang out here a little bit and see how you rejoice over theirs. See what you do with yourself. What do you do with people that are rejoicing? Come on, what do you do? Leave? Go home and sulk? And feel sorry for yourself? Make little snide remarks? What do you do? You want to practice? Practice? Glory to God. (laughs) Glory to God. Well, praise God. Man, that's nice. I'm so glad you got that. Couldn't have happened to a better fella. I'm so glad. I'm so glad. (laughs) That is nice. Is that real gold? Glory to God. Real gold. Real gold. Glory to God. Boy, God must like you. What a blessing. Glory to God. It'll help them out. I said it'll help them out. It'll loosen them up. It'll minister to them. It'll free them. Why? Because people are accustomed to selfishness round about them. There's so many people have learned not to tell other people. About stuff because they've seen they'll be resentful. They'll see it, it just causes problems. There's been more than one time in our life that, you know, something happened and I'm just wired about it, and the first person I find, I start to say it, and the Lord said, Don't tell them, don't tell them. They won't shout with you. So you just change the subject. But that's not good. I said, That's not good. We should be able to rejoice with each other. And there should be a constant and a continual flow of thanksgiving to God. Because things are happening all around us. And then something happens over here and everybody's thanking God for it. And then something happens over here. Everybody's thanking God. Something happens to everybody's thanking God. And everybody's thanking God all the time. And we're actually doing the scriptures. Now, I think you're ready for John 21. (laughs) Yeah, thank God. (laughs) When you are not thankful, when you are unthankful, and remember, there is no place in between thankful and unthankful. When you're unthankful, there's a void. Something's going to fill it, and it won't be good. Oftentimes, it's filled with envy jealousy this is ugly ugly stuff this is the nature of the devil God has nothing to do with that and we should have nothing to do with it and there should be times that you know thoughts and feelings may come to you but you don't have to get condemned over it it's not a sin to be tempted you were tempted to envy the thought came the feeling came you haven't sinned you haven't missed it just resist it say no you don't no no get behind me Satan No, I'm glad for them. Sometimes you need to say it out loud. You might need to get by yourself. But say it out loud. And go, no, no, get behind me, Satan. I'm genuinely happy for them. I'm glad. I'll get mine. I'm not concerned about that. I'll have mine. John 21. Jesus has raised from the dead in this passage... And uh, he's talking to his disciples after he's been raised from the dead. And, you know, Peter had really, really blew it by denying the Lord repeatedly. And this is really the first time they've had opportunity to talk since then. And he is uh, asking Peter, Do you love me? And it's pretty tense. And he's saying, yes, I do. Yes, I do. And finally he said, well, Lord, you know, I do. And he said, feed my sheep. And then he told him how he was going to die and how he's going to glorify God. And it sounds like a martyr's death. The Lord said, when you were young, verse 18, what is this, John 21:18. when you were young... You dressed yourself. You went wherever you wanted to go. But when you're old, you'll stretch forth your hands. Another's going to gird you and carry you where you don't want to go. And this spoke, he's signifying what kind of death. He should glorify God. Now, that don't sound so enjoyable, but he knows this is going to glorify God. And that'll be enough for you to say, Glory glory to God. Thank you, Lord. And uh, he told him when he got through saying it, he said, follow me. What should Peter have said? Well, this is a perfect time. We've already said it. But this is a perfect time for him to say what? Thank you, Lord. It's an honor to die for you. Thank you. But that's not what he said. (laughs) What did he say? Now I'm not knocking Peter. I'm sure he's learned a lot since then. (laughs) And he didn't have the benefit of having all this like we do. But what did he say? Verse 20. What did Peter say? Peter turned around and saw the disciple whom Jesus loved following. They leaned on his breast at supper and said, Lord... Which is he that betrays you. Peter seeing him said to Jesus. Lord. What about this man? What's he going to do? Why ask that? Jesus wasn't talking to John. And he wasn't talking about John. Why do you ask this? And Jesus just did this on purpose. He said well. If I want him to stay. Till I come back. What's that to you? You follow me. Then went this saying abroad among the brethren that that disciple should not die. Yet Jesus said not to him he shall not die. He said if I will that he tarry till I come. What is that to you? And we don't have record of a better response. And you can see the mode Peter was in. He's thinking... He's implying that the Lord's going to play favorites with John. He's going to have to go through some stuff and be a martyr for the Lord. And he should have said, Glory to God. But instead of saying, Glory to God, thank you, Jesus, he said, How about him? Friend, this is a mistake. This is being unthankful, it's the wrong response. Go to 1 Corinthians 3. Notice this. He said, verse 1, Brethren, I couldn't speak to you as spiritual, but as carnal, even as unto babies in Christ. I fed you with milk and not with meat, for hitherto you were not able to bear it. Neither yet now are ye able, for you are yet carnal. How did he know they're carnal? Keep reading. How did he know they're carnal? For, whereas there is among you what? Envying and strife and divisions, are you not carnal? And walk as men. He's talking about mere unsaved men. You don't have to know anything else. When you see people in envy and strife, they are immature. That's it. Mature people in the Lord, spiritual people, don't yield to envy. Growing up in the Lord... Is growing up in love. And turn over right to 1 Corinthians 13. You're there in the same book. Look at the 13th chapter. The love chapter. In verse 4. What does it say? Love. Suffers long. Some translations say. And is patient. And kind. What's the very next phrase? Love. Envies. Not. Love envies not. Will not do it. Why? Why? Because it's glad you got it. Cares about you. It's happy for you. Said out loud, love. Love. Envies. Envies. Not. Not. Envies not. There is a mature response to this situation that Peter did not give. Again, I'm not knocking him. They were young, 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 and they didn't have a Bible reason we know some of these things is people like him grew up and wrote them. <laughs> Isn't there a 1 Peter and 2 Peter right in this book, right here, right? <laughs> and that was, I guess, years after what we're reading about happened right now. Jesus had just been raised from the dead. And he said, Lord, what about him? And when the Lord said, well, if I want him to stay here till I come back. What is that to you? What could Peter have done? We've been practicing this all night. Come on now. What What could Peter have done? He could have said, glory to God. He could have run over and grabbed John and go, hey man, you may get to stay here until he comes back. Glory to, God. Yeah. glory to God. Glory to God. He could have rejoiced. He could have grabbed John. They were friends. He could have grabbed John and go, brother... He said, what if you stay till he comes back? Glory to God. What if you stay till he comes back? <laughs> but see, when you're immature, you don't do that. You're thinking, well, what if somebody's leading me away somewhere I don't want to go. And he's going to stay till Jesus comes. don't sound fair to me. You've cut yourself off from the grace of God. People could have responded differently throughout the Scriptures. The Bible said that, uh, let me read a couple of these to you. In Genesis 30 and 1, don't turn there, but just listen. Genesis 30 verse 1, Rachel envied her sister. And she got mad at Jacob and she went and put pressure on him and said, Give me children or I'm going to die. Could she have responded a different way? Could she have thanked God that her sister was... Fruitful and had healthy kids. Could she? Would it have been a different thing? You know, it years, years and years, she went barren. And you can see in her life, finally, she began to make some changes. But she was so bitter and she was so hard and she was so envious. She looked at Leah as her problem. Holding her up. The one that was messing her up in her life. And it wasn't true. Friend, bitterness will choke you out joseph's brothers could they have responded differently none of them knew that soon and very soon whether they lived or died went to jail or stayed free or even had anything to eat or not was going to be depending on what he did with them nobody knew that when he was a boy but when their father gave him special favor and gave him the special coat of many colors, could they have done something else instead of talk around the campfire about how it wasn't fair and if anybody should have got a coat, it should have been me. See, when you're unthankful, something ugly comes in and fills in the void. It's envy. It's ugly. It's devilish. What can you do? What can you do? What could they have done? Somebody said, you see that new coat daddy gave Joseph? Glory to God. He is a blessed baby brother, ain't he? I'm telling you. Glory to God, brother. Let me look at that coat. Ooh, Ain't that nice? You sharp, man. You are sharp. You are the man. Could they have kept their heart right? Not got bitter. Not got ugly. What happened when they refused to be thankful for him and they kept yielding to that envy? I mean, it led to murderous thoughts, didn't it? Ugly, devilish stuff, just like with Ahab, just like it does with anybody that yields to it. The Bible said the leaders of the Jews, that's why they delivered Jesus up to be killed. Because of envy. What should they have done? When they saw them throwing the palms out and everybody shouting, Hosanna. Made them so mad. Oh, it made them so mad they couldn't see straight. They really were perturbed by his crowds. Because they never had crowds that big. And nobody ever seemed to enjoy their preaching like they did his. Envy, envy, ugly, ugly. What could they have done? What could they have done? They could have said glory to God. They could have been thankful And it would have opened up their spirit to be enlightened, to be free, to be saved. Stand on your feet, everybody. Does this matter? Is this important? Does it apply to everybody in this room? And everybody watching by internet. Everybody that will hear this CD or DVD. Does it have a bearing on what we receive? When we receive it. If we receive it. If you wanted to expedite the fulfillment of your vision list. If you wanted to remove away the hindrances and delays. Could you do it? Can you set something in motion here tonight? Then be on the watch. Be on the look. For somebody else getting blessed. Somebody else getting promoted. Somebody else getting increased. And pop up and go. <laughs> Glory to God. Oh, that's wonderful. That's, right. that's great. What a blessing. Man, I'm so glad for you. And don't let it be empty words. Don't let it be play. Don't let it be vain flattery. Let it be real, right out of your heart. Mean it. Because you care about them. Thank you, Lord. Close your eyes. Pray this out loud after me. Sit out loud. Father God. Forgive me for any time I have yielded to envy. Let myself think on things I should not. Let myself get down. Let myself feel ill over somebody's promotion. Feel like I deserve something. Someone else received. I don't like that. I refuse to be like that. I cast it down. I resist it in Jesus name. And I say. I will rejoice. With those that rejoice. I will. Be genuinely glad. And thankful. And give glory to you. When my brother is blessed, when my sister is blessed, I will rejoice in Jesus' name. Oh, hallelujah. Oh, lift up your hands. Begin to praise him some tonight. Oh, thank you, Jesus. Oh, thank you, Lord.